This is the Pain Information Network, 25. Welcome back, everybody. Today I want to talk about morphine. Um, I'm taking these uh, drugs kind of slow. I'm kind of going over the surface of these drugs so we can get some familiarity. Once we get the familiar- familiarity, we can grow on it. Um, once you can see that these drugs are different, you can also see that they have a lot of similarities. And it might actually help you understand why we decide to use what drug for what reason. Today I'm going to talk about morphine. Morpheus, uh, that's uh, Greek for the god of sleep. Um, This drug's been around a while. It was really the first drug, uh, or one of the first drugs, that came from a plant, and that was poppy. In 1803 it got synthesized. Not really used a lot uh, because the, the delivery system really wasn't that good. Only about 50% of this drug is absorbed from the gut. And uh, first-pass metabolism with the liver takes care of a whole bunch of the drugs. So the oral preparation wasn't as good as we found out before the Civil War. The IM or IV approach was better. Uh, What uh, was invented that helped us understand that is that's when the hypodermic needle was developed. So... Uh, During the Civil War, this was the drug that, if it was available, it was used for pain control. Not a a lot else was out there. Subsequent to that, um, we used uh, morphine as a base for so many other drugs. About 70% of the morphine that's uh, developed, uh, maybe a little bit less, uh, helps uh, manufacture other drugs, including the one we just talked about, oxycodone. Um, folks uh, would be surprised to uh, be informed that uh, drugs like heroin, <laughs> heroin has a foundation in morphine. In fact, heroin is uh, essentially just two morphine molecules put together. Codeine, <clears throat> codeine uh, is a similar like drug to morphine as well. So morphine is used for moderate to severe pain. And we also use it to unload the heart when you're having a heart attack. In other words, it's a vasodilator. That's probably from histamine release. So it takes the load off the heart probably to a fair to limited degree in usefulness. It's not always a good idea to give something uh, that could depress respirations and blood pressure to somebody that might be in compromise anyway. But it's used, and if used uh, in experienced hands, it's a really safe drug. The nice thing about these opioids is we have something that can reverse them, and can reverse them fast. You have to be uh, careful in somebody that's been taking these drugs for a long period of time. You don't want to throw them into withdrawal. But you can titrate in small, small doses, and some of the downsides of these drugs, like respiratory depression and cardiovascular issues, can be reversed uh, safely. All right. Um, the action orally is somewhere around three to five hours. It, it comes on fairly slowly. IV, it comes on fast. IM, a little less fast. Um, then we can also give it rectally, subcutaneously, nasally. Uh, on the street, some people uh, actually vaporize it and try to smoke it. There's a number of routes this drug can go. We can even put it in the epidural space or into the central nervous system itself. If you've ever heard of a pain pump, 
Uh, that's what's happening. It's going into the central nervous system. It's pretty effective. It's uh, uh, something that should be done in experienced hands because we're putting this drug in the central nervous system, and it uh, it can migrate around a little and get up to where the breathing centers are. So the effects of this uh, drug are what we talked about yesterday. Just like any opioid, it can suppress the endocrine system. Something to think about those that take long-term opioids. Uh, and women uh, can suppress luteinizing hormone. In men, testosterone. So uh, <clears throat> fatigue, just not up to task. Uh, trouble with uh, memory, concentration, and this sort of thing uh, would uh, deserve at least a blood test or discussion with the provider. Now, the effects are sedation and become pretty tolerant with this drug fast. And it probably has minimal effects on cognitive function. So I could ask a lot. All right. My my mother's being put on these medicines, and I'm afraid it's going to affect her memory, and she won't be able to drive, etc. My experience, and you talk it over with your provider, but my experience is uh, people that take these uh, medications, particularly opioids, over a prolonged period of time develop a nice level of tolerance, and they can drive. Uh, they can perform many of their activities of daily living. They can go to work. So... The point is, um, these drugs uh, are pretty well tolerated in experienced hands, and uh, it, with the right diagnosis, rule one can be used very effectively uh, to control pain. So this is what we do in pain clinics a lot. If, if we're not doing it in the central nervous system by pump, using this drug in uh, intrathecal space, um, we're probably giving it in an oral form. There's a number of different oral forms and a number of different manufacturers. <clears throat> the uh, uh, morphine is uh, a, a base drug in some of the long-acting uh, morphine preparations and some of the newer ones that have come along that have uh, protective technology in them so that it's uh, difficult to, to misuse, abuse, or divert. In particularly, uh, there's a new preparation of morphine that is uh, has an agent in it, naltrexone. So if the drug is used improperly, uh, the drug is essentially uh, reversed. So it's kind of slick. We'll talk more about that in another podcast. But So what we do is we take people uh, that have seen opioids before. In other words, the term is they are not opioid naive. And we give them these uh, medications uh, by uh, oral route, the oxycodones, hydrocodones, and now uh, we're discussing morphine. And we decide if we want to give them in a pharmacokinetically long-acting, that means a sustained release uh, manner, or if we want to give it in the short-acting manner. Um, the short-acting manner, long-acting manner, uh, there's not a lot of good evidence that either one is uh, really superior to the other. But it's less pills in the long-acting form, and that's important to people. Uh, they don't have to keep taking pills. Morphine is usually not combined with much else other than I mentioned. It's usually in its, uh, in its pure form. To that end, it's uh, easily abusable, snortable, uh, smoked, etc. So we have to be real careful. So to round it out, it's a Schedule II drug. It's um, effective for moderate to severe pain. It's got some cardiac uh, usefulness, too. And um, 
as we mentioned yesterday, uh, schedule does not necessarily mean potency. It means potential for abusability. So it's, it's up there with oxycodone and hydrocodone for a p- potential abusability. All right, I think that's a pretty good start to get us going on morphine. Morphine is going to be the gold standard. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, drugs are compared against this historical drug. So uh, a drug is either three times as potent as morphine or half as potent as morphine. And that's how we look at these drugs. Although uh, the caveat to that is there's some genetic variability in humans. There's some absorption variability in humans. And there's distribution variability in humans, among other things. So it's not exactly clean and pure. You can't take a conversion table and put it across the board and say, aha, voila, we've got a tool here. We know how to use this drug uh, as we convert from one to another. Not necessarily the case. So uh, let's talk again soon, and we'll get some more Uh, meds of familiarity out there and hopefully get your questions answered so go to paininformation.com if you have a question or if you want to know something about these drugs uh, please ask and it's an informational uh, uh, channel it's not it's not a um, recommendation of treatment you got to talk this over with a qualified provider please go to itunes and leave us a review and thanks again